Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of the Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. As always, thank you for tuning in every single week um, to our various mental health topics. Um, I hope that you all are continuing to enjoy everything that we talk about. Um, and of course, we always want to hear more from you, learn more about what you'd like to hear on the show as well. So make sure that you're following us on social media at Go Small Talk Counseling, liking us on Facebook at Small Talk Counseling, and checking us out on our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. If you haven't already, make sure that you rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, but also share on your social media pages, um, on SoundCloud. Make sure you like us, reshare us, um, so that more and more people can join our Emerald Couch community. So I'm ready for us to jump right into episode 27. Um, We are moving along in those double digits. We're getting up there. So um, I'm pretty excited about today's topic. I don't think it's something we've talked about before. So hopefully this will be a useful tool, um, particularly just in thinking about some of the other topics we have talked about. I think this is an underlying theme and we haven't really um, dove into it yet. So hopefully this is useful. Um, So this week's topic is around communication and sometimes the difficulties that we might have in being able to sort of master and navigate um, communicating effectively. So of course, this month, um, we've talked a lot about some of the different awareness months and the difficulties that come along with some of the more serious concerns that we've covered. So Domestic Violence Awareness Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, Mental Illness Awareness Week. And so just being able to recognize all of those topics, particularly when they're related to health, can come um, as very challenging to be able to discuss. And so being a part of our community, our goal is to erase some of those stigmas and definitely make it easier to talk about. Um, so my hope is that we will continue on our theme um, for the month of October by talking about awareness, but kind of diving in a little bit deeper to talk about communicating and what does that look like to maybe talk about some of the tougher issues. So um, that's really where I want to go today. Um, before I start, though, I do have to give a super, super, super special um, shout out. Today is one of my favorite persons in the world birthday. Um, it's my grandmother's birthday. So I, I definitely want to 
give her a shout out. I miss her so, so, so much. Um, but she has definitely played such a huge uh, role in my life and, and been such a, a great influencer, remains a great influencer. And so um, I couldn't let today go by with it being her special day uh, without shouting her out. She would be completely tickled um, to even hear her name um, on a show like this uh, openly. So I, I hope that I am making her very, very proud. So happy, happy birthday to her. Um, so just to jump into our topic today and talking about miscommunication, I think one of the things that we have to be honest about and, and aware of is that miscommunications happen all the time. It's this idea that we um, say something, somebody perceives it the wrong way, takes it the wrong way, and then the message becomes misconstrued and not what it was originally intended to say um, or mean. And so what we often also notice is that this sometimes also just happens as a result of unrealistic role expectations, which could be related to gender, to age, um, anything like that. And so sometimes people lock other people in to perceived or expected styles of communication based on um, their identity or based on characteristics about them that they um, assume and and then you know make assumptions about how they're expected to be able to communicate to others. So what I hope to do today is also kind of um, dismiss some of those ideas and some of those expectations so that we're not labeling each other on how we should be communicating with one another, but obviously to give you all just useful info to be able um, to kind of navigate, you know, communicating in the best possible way so that your relationships are better, you um, communicate with coworkers better, you're able to express yourself um, in a meaningful way so that um, you avoid some of the conflict and some of the miscommunications that happen that then um, just create negativity. So we're trying to create some positivity. So um, for the most part, I think people are probably most familiar with sort of the two kind of overarching types of communication, which would be both verbal and nonverbal communications. And so these should not be confused with styles. And today we're going to really talk about communication styles. Um, but verbal and nonverbal is exactly what it sounds like. So verbal communication is what we say, what we verbalize, what we let people know about how we feel, what we think. Um, nonverbal would be those things that aren't said. This would be your body language. This would be facial expressions. Um, this would even be, you know, sometimes written communication and how you write that. Everyone knows that when we text a message, it doesn't always come across in the way that we intend because we wrote it out and the person reading it is going to read it in their tone of voice and wherever their headspace is at that time as well. If they're happy, sad, angry, um, they're going to perceive it in a different way than maybe the sender intended. So those are types, just verbal and nonverbal. Those are our main two. What we want to talk about today are styles. And so there are actually four different styles of communication. And those four styles include passive, aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. Um, and it's really important to kind of understand each style as well as how and why people use them because they're all very unique, but obviously can all convey very different meaning and messages um, based on their type and based on what they are. And so I want us to kind of go through each um, one of those. And then I want to talk about obviously the main one that's kind of the most supported and most useful um, in trying to get your message across and kind of give you some tips on how to make sure that you're leaning towards being um, that style of communicator the majority of the time. So let's start with passive. Um, passive communication are really those folks um, who often kind of express more of an indifferent 
um, style of communication. They usually don't really express feelings or needs, um, and they really don't leave a lot of room for self-expression um, in your communication. And so most of the time, these folks kind of lack that outward communication that we really need, and um, this is more of the nonverbals that we think about and really lead to a lot of misunderstanding um, or even like resentment and a buildup of emotions because they're not really expressing themselves. Um, a lot of times people feel safer communicating with them because there's less conflict, but that's usually because they're so passive. Um, more than likely, they're going to avoid communicating um, in an aggressive way, which is our next style we're going to talk about, and kind of just defer to other people for decision making or um, talking about a tough topic. They, they just don't want to do it. Um, and so it's really tough to kind of read these folks sometimes because they don't really express a lot of eye contact. Um, their body posture doesn't let you know kind of how they really feel. Um, they don't really say no. So these are sometimes our people pleasers and not because they really want to. They just like to avoid conflict and they don't really want to get into the nitty gritty of what it means to actually process something out. And so a lot of times they... Um, often feel like people are not considering their feelings when in actuality it's because they actually haven't expressed their own feelings. And so um, most times, you know, people find them easy to get along with because they go with the flow, but they don't necessarily always feel empowered in their communication because they don't really do a good job of expressing that outwardly. So these are the people who might be your peacekeepers. They really don't want to um, do too much and, and might say like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You pick. Um, and again, there's no no harm in maybe the relationship in having a person like that, but it can lead to you know negativity because that person is kind of always appears to be indecisive and um, maybe not um, invested in in what's being communicated or in a relationship um, or in showing concern. So that's kind of our our first style um, that we might see. Um, aggressive, which is the other style I just mentioned in comparing it to being passive. Um, it's often very apparent um, and visible when somebody communicates in an aggressive way. Um, you don't really have to guess it. You can hear it. You can feel it. You can see it. Um, it's in your face. These folks really um, emphasize, you know, the, the vocal like volume of their communication. So they might talk a little louder. Their voice might seem a little bit more demanding. Um, they usually are able to maintain really, really intense eye contact um, and may really go into some of the deeper forms of aggressive communication, like blaming people, using intimidation, even threatening. Um, so this can be a little scary. Uh, you know, I definitely think that in most cases being a aggressive communicator can be off-putting, um, particularly if someone is not communicating in that same way. Um, they usually are filled with kind of commands. And so a lot of times people also don't respond very well with being told what to do by just another individual. Um, a lot of times you can see though in maybe workplace settings, um, particularly in fast pace or um, really intensive workplace settings, people find these folks to be the standout leaders. And I think that's because they usually have no issue jumping right in um, and kind of commanding and demanding respect from people around them. So um, they, again, utilize like intimidation, criticism, um, just to get right to the point, And they emphasize it by the loudness of their voice or how demanding they can be. And so these are the folks that, you know, can be very much in your face when they communicate and, and you know, be very direct and say, no, this is your fault. Or um, 
it's my way or the highway. These are the people that really, you know, go straight to the point um, and, and utilize their voice, their body language to get their point across. Um, usually not taking into consideration other people's feelings. So um, at times I think people find themselves in this, particularly if you've come across a situation that's made you angry, you may not um, be able to sort of hold in those emotions related to that. And so your aggression may may come through. But obviously, um, this might be kind of the least positive way um, to express yourself and to communicate with others. It usually doesn't result um, in any sort of productive communication between two people. So the third type that we're going to talk about is passive aggressive communication. So this style um, usually appears passive on the surface, but then if that person feels that their power is being taken away or if they feel backed into a corner, that that level of resentment builds up and kind of leads to some um, outward form of acting out or um, an indirect way of communicating what they feel. Um, so this is the person that you know you may cross in a relationship and they say, no, they're fine, you know, with you guys breaking up and they're going to move on. And then next thing you know, you come on like your tires are slashed. And so um, this is not good either. Most passive aggressive communicators kind of like, you know, talk more to themselves in their head um, versus confronting a person or issue. So they just really have a lot of difficulty acknowledging that they're angry um, and they might show it on their face but they actually deny that there's actually anything going on. And so um, sort of the secrecy around this style of communicator is difficult to navigate because you don't really know um, if you guys are cool or not. You don't really know if you've been able to resolve an issue or not. And so they're more likely to use their body language um, and not that open part of communication because they are those folks that will, you know, give into kind of like the silent treatment and maybe try to sabotage behind people's back. And, um, you know, on the front end, it's interesting because they, they appear to be like cooperative and understanding, um, but they actually, their actions may be the, the opposite, complete opposite of what you're expecting. And so because they're aware of what they need and what they want, um, but struggle to voice them, that's kind of why you get these mixed messages with them. And so um, many times, again, this is difficult to navigate because you don't know really what you're going to get. So um, they might say things like, you know, sure, that's fine. We can just do it your way. But then says to themselves, like, but your way is stupid or um, finds a way to then manipulate the decision that you all maybe has, have made as a group or as a team on the job and um, then kind of works to sabotage that. And so, again, their their actions and their words don't really, really match up. And so for some people, this style can actually be even more confusing um, and frustrating than aggressive communicators, because at least with aggressive communicators, you kind of you know what you're getting, you know how they feel. Um, it's just the way in which they express it. With passive communicators, you actually don't really know how they feel. You you heard them, you hear what they say they feel, but you can't really go with that as as truth or fact. So that brings us to our last style of communication, which is assertive communication. This is thought to be the most effective way um, and the one that I want us to dive into a little bit deeper than the other three. Um, this is a person that communicates openly, 
Um, they won't be overbearing, though. They can express their needs and wants and desires, um, while also just being able to think about the needs and desires of others within that communication that's going on. Um, they aim for both people who are talking or who are communicating um, to get what they need out of it, to win. Um, they kind of balance their rights to express themselves with the rights of others to express themselves. So that's why this is kind of the most preferred because everybody feels heard. Nobody feels like they're put in an overbearing situation, but also their ideas and their feelings are validated. So even though they're um, working to consider and express their own needs and the needs of others, um, they're very much using tools that are useful and some of which I think we've even talked about in different episodes like our relationship episode um, in particular of like how to communicate using I statements saying how they feel versus um, going straight into blaming so they might say like I feel frustrated when um, you turn in your assignments late or I don't like having to explain myself over and over so they make it about them versus going straight into listing all the things wrong that the other person within the communication um, may be doing that's frustrating to them or, or blaming them. Um, they really take ownership of their feelings. And so because of that, um, the person they're communicating with is much more receptive because they're not jumping straight down their throat um, into blaming or into making the miscommunications about the other person. Um, so this person may say things like, you know, I want to respect your opinion or I realize I have choices in life of my own. And so I need to consider my options um, while listening to kind of what you think about this and just really being able to express sort of um, an equitable sense of entitlement across communication, which is useful, but also just much more positive and a lot more productive um, in how you all are able to express what you need. So I think that's probably why it's the most popular, probably why it's the most preferred, because it allows you to be able to stand up for yourself um, and get your needs put out there without stomping on the emotions and the opinions of the person or people that you're communicating with. So the last part of our talk today, I want to make sure that I at least help people who, now that you know what those four styles are, help you figure out how do you become an assertive communicator. So I hope that by listening to the four of those, you've either identified which one you are most. Obviously, I hope that most of the time you're communicating assertively, um, but I also know we're all human and sometimes uh, we may express ourselves in a more aggressive way than we intend, or we might be much more passive and um, not really expressing ourselves at all in the way that we intend to, or we find ourselves somewhere in the middle where we're saying one thing, but our actions say something else. And so um, I really want to make sure then you leave this week's episode with knowing how to do that maybe in a, in a better way. So really understanding how other people communicate is critical to kind of getting your own message across. So when you're communicating with others, I think the first step in you becoming an assertive communicator is being able to even understand um, and, and see how that person you're communicating with or people that you're communicating with is also expressing themselves. Like what style are they using? Because obviously if you're already sort of ready to go, ready to fire off, ready to pop off in a conversation and they come at you in an aggressive way or even a passive aggressive way, more than likely that conversation is not going to end 
well. Um, So being able to sort of take a pause before you even determine how you plan to respond to see where that person is, is going to be really, really critical. So just making sure you understand how others communicate, um, because that can really be the key to making sure you get your message across to them. Um, Obviously, in order to develop a more assertive communication style, there's some key things you just have to do. Um, And sometimes this just comes with being the bigger person, unfortunately, which most times, you know, we prefer to all have our our petty moments. But um, in order to really get the job done and and be effective in how you communicate or how um, you navigate a relationship or how you build a network around you is to really have an understanding of how to be assertive in your communication style. So first tip is kind of one we already talked about a little bit is like just taking ownership of what you're trying to say, you know, so using I statements, taking ownership of how you feel or how that person makes you feel when they do what they do, but don't go straight into the blaming. So being able to, um, you know, increase your vocabulary of your emotions and of your feelings and help you um, to be able to verbalize that in a way that does not jump right to making the other person the cause of why you feel um, how you feel. So just taking ownership, using I statements, things like that. Making sure that you maintain eye contact. So um, a lot of times it can be really, really difficult for somebody to uh, take your messaging serious if they don't see you looking at them. Um, And that doesn't mean like you get into a staring match, but I think being able to recognize that you want to Um, Let them know that you're saying what you mean and you mean what you say. And again, that's not to be aggressive or to talk louder or to be more demanding, but to let them know you're being honest with them. You're trying to express how you actually feel and not sort of this abstract thought about about how you feel. Um, And just being able to make sure that you are able to uh, really look at them and see see if they're understanding the message that you're trying to get across or are they kind of somewhere in a faraway land Um, because they're not looking at you either. And so just being able to maintain good eye contact is also um, a really good tip to becoming an assertive communicator. Um, On the other end, a lot of people need practice with this. I think we all have had moments where um, if you just are a genuinely good person, this is probably um, just a little snag that we always have is learning how to say no. Um, I think the older I've gotten, I have much more um, comfort with saying no outright without any qualms um, and no guilt. And so being able to put that into practice as well is useful. So the reason why this fits with communicating assertively is that in a lot of cases, we will um, take on duties, roles, responsibilities, um, or even feelings that are not ours in order to um, keep the peace. So this kind of fits with that passive style of communication a little bit where we just kind of go with the flow Um, even though our feelings or our desires or our needs aren't being met. And so like we've talked about on other episodes, when that doesn't happen, um, the behaviors that usually come about are more maladaptive. Um, They're not the things that we probably should be doing in order to produce a positive relationship or to produce um, a productive workday. And so just learning how to not take on more than you need to or saying no when you really need to, if it's something that doesn't align with your values, Um, Not to just give in and go with the flow for the sake of going with the flow. And then lastly, being confident in how you voice your needs and desires. So making sure that you um, don't waver in what you know you need in order to feel like you are doing um, 
what you would like to do just as a, a, a single person, a human being um, who deserves to have their needs and wants and desires fulfilled. And so just making sure that you are speaking boldly and strongly about what that is. Um, a lot of times, particularly based on what I mentioned earlier, some of the role expectations for maybe women or for younger people, you're expected to speak in a certain way that makes other people feel comfortable. A lot of times people shy away from being assertive because they don't want to be perceived as aggressive. But my hope is that now you have a better understanding of what those two are um, and know that speaking up for yourself or being able to verbalize what you need and want or even saying no um, is not you, you know, being rude or being snobby. Um, it's you being able to effectively express what you need, what you want in order to get the job done, but also so that other person understands a little bit more about who you are. So um, those are just a few tips on how to maybe become a more assertive communicator. If you heard me go through those four styles and you've been able to identify yourself as one of the other three and you know you need a little work on that. Um, obviously, that's something and shameless plug that you could always work on in therapy. A lot of times people don't realize that you learn your communication styles more often than not from um, the, the household you grew up in. You know, if, if everybody was always in the shouting match and, and sort of going about demanding what they want and need in an aggressive way, more than likely, even if you don't realize it, you find ways to also express yourself in that way. Um, or you may do the total opposite because you found that to be quite aggressive and off-putting, you may now be more of a passive communicator who kind of just gives in and goes with the flow because you hated the feeling of what it felt like to be in that sort of hostile environment that now you just want to keep the peace. So you're just overly laid back um, and sort of give in to being able to go with whatever somebody else identifies as the wants and needs of the group. Um and that, again, doesn't really lead to you being able to be happy and effective in how you communicate. It's just you giving in to a process that actually you didn't even help to shape and form. So make sure you check out which style you might be. Google it. Learn more about them. Um, but then also make sure you're, you're increasing your awareness of how other people are communicating and what their style is so that you can approach it in the best possible way. But obviously, for the most part, you can never go wrong by communicating in an assertive way because you're respecting the needs and wants that you have, but also that of the other person. So just some thoughts. Think about how you're communicating. Do better. Um, and hopefully this was useful to you all. Um, and I guess we'll take a little bit of a break right there and we'll be right back with all of our signature segments. Okay, folks, we are back with our second half of the show, kicking off our signature segments for this week. First up is our pop psych moment of the week. Um, and I want to just address something because obviously as um, a South Louisiana woman, I have seen my fair share of natural disasters and um, I know the physical, mental, emotional toll that those take on people. Um, and so this week's pop psych moment really is just about what has been happening um, in our nation because we are in hurricane season. And on last week, 
Um, our friends and family in the Florida Panhandle, the Gulf of Mexico, some of those bordering cities, um, and even going up the East Coast a little bit, the Southeast Coast, um, experienced Hurricane Michael. And so now, obviously, they're facing the aftermath, the cleanup, um, getting power back on, getting resources, having the kids try to figure out when they're going to go back to school. It can be extremely stressful and trying. And um, I realized that we had never really talked about the trauma related to natural disasters. Um, there's so many pieces of that, and maybe I need to do a whole episode on um, sort of natural disaster trauma or just trauma in general, what it can look like. But there's so many emotions that range from everything from you know loss to grief to just having your basic needs met of comfort, um, you know, and food and shelter. And so just, you know, being able to make sure that as mental health professionals, we're doing our part to reach out to others who maybe are in that place, but then also just as citizens and as human beings to know um, that on a daily basis, we often take for granted the small comforts that we have, like waking up in our home and being able to you know, open a closet and and see clothes in there and and have things to wear, Um, opening a pantry and seeing food in there to eat. And so being able to recognize that, you know, there's a lot of mental strain that comes with dealing with the aftermath of um, a natural disaster, particularly a hurricane. And um, the part that is really, really tough and, and for a lot of folks frustrating, again, here in Louisiana, we've been there, um, is that the season's not over. So hurricane season, just really not just got started, but started this summer and doesn't end until the end of November. So there's still plenty of time um, for another storm to come through, which um, can be, you know, distressing for people because of the fact that they may just be getting to a place of feeling normal again and then have to evacuate, have to pack up again. Their homes could be re-damaged after starting to rebuild. And so um, just being able to know that whether you're a mental health professional or not, Um, that you need to really give some thought to ways that you can support those who go through this experience um, because it isn't something that anyone can prepare for um, and it definitely leaves a lot of strain and stress um, on the folks who do go through it. So obviously um, our thoughts and prayers are with anybody affected by Hurricane Michael um, and any of the hurricanes actually that we've had this year. Um, But Michael hit as a category four um, and the intensity of the winds of a storm like that and the the breadth um, and width of a storm like that um, causes a lot of damage um, and takes a a while to, to recover from that. So I definitely want to send our thoughts out to them, but also for those of us listening, um, who have been spared and who have um, been kept safe to really think about how can you assist in helping others um, being able to recover from such a tremendous um, life experience in a way that they've probably either never experienced or have experienced one too many times um, and often can you know just wear on you mentally and emotionally. So keep them in your thoughts, figure out how you can help. Um, and that's this week pop psych moment of the week. So last up um, for today, because we don't have any Ask Dr. LP questions, and I thank our listener, again, from last week, who um, asked the question about um, private practice, and um, I've got more questions about that, so I maybe will do an episode on that as well in the future. Um, But this week's Small Talk Bookshelf is actually a website that's filled with like 
articles and videos and tips and tools that I have just in the last few weeks have become super obsessed with. Um, and that's the Girl Boss website. So sorry for my guy listeners, and that doesn't mean you can't use Girl Boss as well, but the site was created um, for us by us. Um, and what I love about it is that it walks you through many of the things that often stress um women out when trying to think about, you know, sort of building their lives from the ground up, especially if you're in a place where you feel like you're starting over. Um, So everything from business tips and tools, how to be productive and make the most use of your time and hours in the day, um, talking about money and saving and investing and what does that look like for um, someone at every age or every level of their career Um, and and even offering um, opportunities for conferences and conventions and ways to meet up and get together and as women talk and share about um, what you might have going on, but also to lean on other people because oftentimes um, in practicing being what is called through this website, a girl boss, um, you know, you often feel like you have to do it in isolation. And so what I really have enjoyed about just diving into this website a little bit is being able um, to recognize that, you know, so many of us have so much in common and we have really the tools and tips for each other, um, but we often don't have the opportunities to create that conversation or to have someone write an article specifically about that thing that we feel like we need to take our business or our life or our money um, to the next level. And so, um, I'm super appreciative of, of one coming across it and also now being able to join and be a part of that community. So I'm super excited about just learning more and being able to um, be a part of some of the in-person girl boss opportunities, because I do think that it's a useful tool for anyone in business. Um, for me as a mental health professional, just being able to have more insight on some of the things that my um female clients may be facing. Um, So it's just a useful tool. So typically I know I give you guys a book, but every now and then a website creeps in that I think is super helpful. And obviously you have articles on there, enough articles that you could be reading for years. So I do hope that um, you check it out. The website is www.girlboss.com. Join the community, get engaged in the conversations. Maybe even if you live somewhere where there's an upcoming event, Um, to check it out and tell me what you think. So that is our Small Talk Bookshelf this week. So we have reached the end of another episode, the end of episode 27. As always, I thank you all for tuning in um, and appreciate you so much for being a part of this community and keeping the conversation around mental health um, going, but also not boxing us into what mental health really looks like. And that's how we really change the conversation and erase the stigma. So I'm super excited every week to get to talk to you about things um, in a different way and expressing ourselves about mental health um, in a useful way as well. So Obviously, we're not done yet with the month of October. We still have two more weeks left. Um, We absolutely have more special topics coming up um, as we keep kind of chugging along through this last quarter of the year. If there's a topic you'd like to see before the year is out, shoot me an email. 
um, hit me up on Instagram, whatever. Let me know um, what you think because we only have so many episodes left. I'm not going to tell you guys when the season finale is, but it's coming. Um, And I think that's just so that you all can have time to take all the tools and tips and things that we've talked about over the course of this year um, and really implement them and see how you want to enforce them maybe in the upcoming year. So the finale is coming. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so uh, if you have topics you want to talk about before we end um, for this year, let me know. Or for the next year, that's fine too. Just let me know. As always, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe through all of our social media platforms and on our website and through the podcast and blog. Um, and then, of course, submit your questions for Ask Dr. LP on the website through the tab there. So if you have any questions, let us know. Thank you guys so, so, so much. And we'll see you right back here next week on the Emerald Couch.